your DNA is the building blocks of all of the downstream biological processes that happen in one's body, the good and the bad. And so when it comes to understanding the origins of disease, how does that express in your body and what sort of long-term effects that creates, human genomics is at the root of each and every one of those questions. Welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast, where you can learn from entrepreneurs and investors who are driving progress in healthcare and life science around the globe. Hi, I'm Alex Merwin, Head of Growth, Healthcare and Life Sciences Startups at AWS. And today on the podcast, Eric Zimmerman, Principal Healthcare and Life Sciences BD, Venture Capital and Startups from AWS, will be welcoming Barry Wark, Co-Founder and Chief Strategy Officer, and Kurt Medeiros, Chief Executive Officer from Ovation to the pod. Ovation is a genomics company providing access to high-quality genomic data linked to rich longitudinal phenotypic data at scale. These data sets unlock the potential of applying human genomic data to accelerate precision medicine and improve outcomes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Barry and Kurt. If you could just start off with telling us a little bit about Ovation, what you do, who are your customers, where do you come from, that'd be great. Thanks for having us. Really excited to be here. Ovation is a genomic data company. We're committed to unlocking the potential of human genomic data at scale to accelerate precision medicine by providing access to high-quality genomic data linked to rich longitudinal phenotypic data. We enable life sciences researchers to advance drug discovery and development more efficiently. Our vision for the world is to advance human health and patient outcomes by enabling the use of molecular and human genomic data at scale for life science researchers developing precision medicines. I know this may be a bit of a leading question, but elevation didn't always look like this, did it? So when we looked at the, the world of life science and healthcare, we recognized that those two sides were traditionally pretty siloed and we wanted to help bring them together. We saw that there were reams of data locked in lab software, millions of valuable samples that were being thrown away, which could help potentially help life sciences researchers advance drug development. And so we knew that the first path to bringing those two worlds together uh, was to develop a product that clinical diagnostic labs could rely on and actually wanted to use to serve as a central nervous system of their lab. The laboratory information management system is the software where they process all of their samples and it helps them run their business. So we wanted to develop a solution for those diagnostic labs and allow them to participate in research using their leftover clinical samples and lab data. So that second layer became the Ovation Research Network. And we decided to build our model around many of the new labs that were opening during the COVID pandemic, allow them to participate in research, allow them to acquire consented leftover samples, from the diverse populations that were being seen by diagnostic labs, sometimes for the very first time during the pandemic. I know every startup dreams of pivoting from day one, but but seriously, like how how did you do this? I would say that's pretty unusual to make not that large of a change, but make a substantial change, but also do it successfully. The vision was always to be a data company. And so uh, it's not so much that this was a large pivot, but this, but that this is the culmination of a long journey. And we knew where we wanted to end at the beginning. 
we're just now at a point of large enough scale in our lab business and in the Ovation Research Network where we can begin to recognize the, f- the fullness of that vision. So we had the idea to start the Biobank and the Ovation Research Network in 2021, but we really just didn't know how fast it would take off. Looking at other biobanks experience, you know, we really expected it could take up to a decade to build the kind of data and sample asset necessary to make an impact in life sciences. But it took us only 18 months uh, to get to that critical mass. So we're now further along than we originally expected. And the challenge really has been keeping up with demand created by that faster than expected growth. So the biobank asset is available. And we're running just full force to be able to get the data in the hands of life science researchers who can use it to advance therapeutic development. Kurt, how do you think about the value of data in healthcare and what is the specific problem Ovation is trying to solve? Thanks. That's a great question. Data has always been the currency of innovation in healthcare, whether it's used in bringing new medicines or interventions to market understanding how they should be adopted for what patient populations and therefore how they should be covered by insurance companies, as well as ultimately keeping score of how effective they are, how safe these new interventions are, and ultimately what is the cost to patients in the healthcare system. As we've been able to create the right data and share it and analyze it more effectively, our pace of innovation in healthcare improves. And so it's going to continue to be the lifeblood of how we drive the healthcare system forward. And that's not just in the United States, that's globally. Specifically, your DNA is the building blocks of all of the downstream biological processes that happen in one's body, the good and the bad. And so when it comes to understanding the origins of disease, How does that express in your body and what sort of long-term effects that creates? Um, Human genomics is, is at the root of each and every one of those questions. And so at Ovation, um, we're working, as Barry said, as have we built this large world-class biobank, turning that into data at scale that allows people and researchers to understand, um, how genomics affect those biological processes. And then later on, linking that um, longitudinal patient records so we can study how that affects the long-term outcomes of those individuals. So I think we've established that both genotypic and phenotypic data are valuable. Why is it so important to link the two? And are there some examples of successes to date in the healthcare industry? Absolutely. So there's been a lot of work and some of the earliest work started in oncology where both from a research standpoint and then more recently from a clinical standpoint, there's a wealth of data being produced on the genomic side and on the gene expression side, which when linked to those longitudinal records really help understand how individuals are reacting to specific uh, treatments and what are their long-term prospects in oncology as measured by survivability. The opportunity is to take those same approaches and apply it much more badly to other disease areas. Autoimmune is an area where we believe there's a, a huge opportunity. Some of the largest selling drugs in the history of the industry are in autoimmune diseases. And 
understanding how individuals react to existing drugs, but also are there critical biomarkers that can be discovered to help the development of new, more targeted drugs is a really untapped opportunity at this point where we believe there's going to be a lot of innovation in the next decade. Barry, I'd like to switch back to you and be curious your thoughts on why hasn't oncology seen the biggest successes to date? Why is that the poster child of personalized medicine? I think there are a couple of happy coincidences in oncology. First, in the early days of molecular biomarker research in oncology, there was already some momentum for, from the clinical side for molecular diagnostics in oncology. And the tissues are relatively easy to isolate, so we can find the diseased tissues. The molecular mechanisms were somewhat understood, and there was obviously a large population that would benefit from advances in oncology care. You put all of those pieces together, and it became a really fertile ground for advancing molecular discovery and biomarker discovery, and then what we've seen as an explosion in the pace of precision oncology therapeutic development. There are a whole bunch of other therapeutic areas that haven't seen this same advancement yet, but we think that they're ready. Although other therapeutic areas have potentially more diverse molecular mechanisms, sometimes the tissues are harder to isolate, there's still, as Kurt's described, a fundamental underlying genomic basis for understanding many of these diseases. And the the scale at which we can now create data to address those challenges allows us to start getting traction and allows the researchers and these fields who now have access to these rich data sets to get some traction in the same way that their colleagues in oncology have previously. And we think, again, as Kurt said, the opportunity is in front of us now for really rapid advancement in the next decade. I'd be curious, do most of your customers have access to this data today? And if so, how do they get it? The short answer is there's only a couple companies that have really invested at scale. And even outside of that, a lot of it is oncology focused. Part of the challenge is there's really three main ways that people get access to this type of data today. If they're targeting sort of very specific populations, they'll effectively do a mini clinical trial. And the cost per patient of enrolling individuals, taking samples, sequencing, and then matching that to their clinical profiles, it takes a long time. And on a per patient basis, it's expensive. Uh, the second way is some groups are going out and doing large scale collaborations with provider groups. This also takes a long, long time because it's just a more scaled version of patient recruitment. You also have to get to an enormous sample size to be able to find the predominantly lower prevalence diseases that, that the life sciences companies are interested in studying. So you will spend hundreds of millions of dollars to do one of these types of collaborations, but come up with on a relative basis, very few patients in the areas of interest of study. And then last, the third approach is using some of the open data sets on the UK Biobank as an example. Again, these take long, long periods of time from concept to actually having usable longitudinal data. The UK Biobank is one that is that stage today, which is fantastic. But everyone has access to that type of data 
again, they suffer from the same issues with both scale in terms of the really interesting diseases and the prevalence of those diseases, as well as the diversity of the individuals in that data set. And that creates challenges when you're trying to take the learnings and then project that out into your discovery and development programs. A big part of why I'm excited about what we've built at Ovation is we have achieved incredible amount of scale in a very short period of time where we see those medium to low prevalence diseases at scale already. The biobank is continuing to grow each and every month. So our ability to scale quickly and meet those needs and increase those sample sizes are tremendous. And then lastly, we do have a diverse population underlying that biobank. And we see not only the diseases that we're looking for, but also a representative sample across different demographic as well as race and ethnicities. And so that way we truly get a diverse genetic representation of the population. One question that, that we get a lot or one thing that we hear is we have data, it is valuable. How do we monetize it? Right. The, the, that's a logical progression that it can be a tools company. It could be a genomics company. It can be an EMR company, option company, but everyone says we have X number of gigabytes, terabytes, petabytes, and it's proprietary. How do we make it work? When it comes to monetizing your data, I think there's a handful of key questions. And the first one is, is this a core component of your business? Is it something that will accelerate your core business? Or is it simply a way to make additional economics on your overall business? And having been in this space for more than a decade, if the answer is one of the first two, that it is your core business or it's critical to your core business, then you should prioritize it as a leadership team. You should resource it with people with the experience and expertise to make it true. And you should ensure that you're constantly looking at how the data and the analytics component in your core business have synergies and will create a flywheel that reinforce each other. 99 times out of 100, if it's the third answer, which is, you know, we want to add some additional economics to the business we have overall, it generally doesn't work. And it doesn't work because you, as a leadership team, won't invest the time get the right expertise to make it successful. And so I would start with that first question. There are many more after that around how unique is your data? Is it a standalone product or is it really a component of a larger need that you will then have to answer to figure out where the right product market fit is? But often people get stuck on that very first question around whether it's core, whether it reinforces the core or whether you're just thinking about it because of dollar signs. And when it's only dollar signs, that's when it fails. I'll add one other perspective on that, which is that data is not inherently valuable. Answers and insights that come from that data could be very valuable. And so thinking from the beginning, what is the product? What's the answer that we are going to help our customers derive is pretty key 
So we know, and we knew at the beginning of Ovation, that genomic data for early research and translational sciences is critical for biomarker discovery and development and target identification and validation. These answers, these insights are valuable. And so data that helps derive that can be valuable. And the second piece of advice might be data products, they don't come about in quite the same way as software, right? You don't produce them from your head and then distribute them. There's a production process, right, of, of acquiring this data, producing, refining it, and delivering it. And thinking about that process carefully is pretty crucial in building a successful data business. We sit right now at this wonderful, amazing moment in the cost and availability of high throughput, economically efficient genome sequencing, and building a production process as we have around being able to take advantage of this moment in history to produce genomic data from the valuable samples that we have in our biobank is important. It's important to our business. It would be important in other data businesses to think about how that production process goes. And very lastly, I'd want to say, thinking up front about uh, how this data is acquired and from whom. One of the sticky spots that data companies can get in is in surprising the sources of their data, that the data is being used for those purposes. And so one of the most critical foundational elements of Ovation was making sure that patients aren't surprised by how we're using their data to advance life science research and that patients are not only just aware, not only aware, but acknowledge and are excited about how their de-identified data can be used to advance therapeutic development and help patients like themselves and others in the future. So y'all have mentioned a few times, and I would be remiss if I didn't call out the importance of diversity and maybe the lack thereof in significant healthcare data sets. Why does this matter? It's a great question. We know it matters because the majority of data used in drug development and approvals comes from homogenous populations, typically of European ancestry, and from patients demographically that seek care at academic medical centers. In addition, again, the majority of genomes that have ever been sequenced come from this same population. The result is that the data we're working with to understand diseases, to develop therapies, and to try and understand how those therapies are going to work in the real world is working from data sets that aren't as diverse as the population that those therapies serve. So it would be surprising almost if those therapies worked universally across populations of more diverse genetic ancestry. There are some great efforts already starting to tackle this problem. The African Genome Variation Project, starting to catalog the genomic profiles of individuals. The Global Alliance for Genomics and Health, working on a framework to store and analyze and share genomic data among international researchers, right? Again, trying to build up the diversity of these data sets. Because the reality is without this diverse data, drug developers are going to continue to struggle in stratifying diverse populations, in developing therapies that are targeted to a patient's genetic makeup. And clinicians are going to have similar challenges understanding how those therapies are going to affect their patients and their populations. I'd be curious, from your viewpoint, how has Ovation overcome these challenges? And how will y'all continue to help improve health equity by leveraging data to promote more 
equitable and inclusive systems of care? Wonderful question. And I want to start by emphasizing that the current lack of imbalance is not necessarily one of intent, but one of possibility. And the industry as a whole, many organizations are working to address this challenge. And many amazing discoveries have come from the data that already exists. That said, Ovation is, we believe, uniquely positioned to address this with the vast biobank that we've built. It comes from a highly diverse population. And we already have 1.4 million samples from more than 540,000 individuals consented for research. And because these samples come from our network that is composed of independent diagnostic labs across the country, we have a high diversity in non-European populations, both geographically and in terms of race and ethnicity. And this diversity comes from the fact that the leftover samples were taken during the COVID pandemic and from infectious disease testing and many therapeutic areas where diverse populations are mixed in the clinical population. So we now have representation from 82% of zip codes in the U.S. And as we're moving towards more granularity in our ability to characterize these populations based on the data that we have, based on information that comes from the clinical workflow, and based on the genomics, we believe that we can help researchers more precisely target therapies for well-defined segments of patients rather than adopting just a sort of one-size-fits-all approach. Let's talk about the future. What's next for Ovation? What are you all excited about? What are you going to build? How do you think things are going to change? It's a great question. I wish I had the perfect crystal ball, but I, I can tell you what we do know. The future of Ovation, we continue to build our biobank and the breadth and diversity of the network that supplies that biobank. We continue to sequence samples in that biobank to generate high-quality genomic data and other omics from them. We continue to work with some outstanding partners and new partners in the phenotypic space to build high-quality linked genomic and phenotypic data sets that are fit for purpose in therapeutic areas of great opportunity to apply those data for patient benefit. And we continue to push to make these data available to the full spectrum of life science and healthcare stakeholders who could use it to improve research, development, and patient care. And a big part of that ability to work beyond just the top tier organizations that are already building omics capabilities is our partnership with AWS and the Amazon Data Exchange. It allows us to get these data in the hands of researchers quickly and efficiently. And our partnership with Amazon Omics that allows us to deliver these data into an environment that they can work with immediately. As I said earlier, the data is not the valuable piece. The insight that they gain from it is, and the faster we can get these stakeholders from question to insight, hopefully through our data, the better. I appreciate y'all joining us today. Thank you so much for having us, and we look forward to the continued partnership. Thanks for joining us today for the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. If you want to get in touch with AWS, please check out our show notes where you can find a link. The best way to support the podcast is to share it with your colleagues and friends. We also appreciate your reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you have ideas on how we can improve the show, please do let us know. Our feedback survey is in the show notes. See you next week when we'll be speaking with Dr. Gerson from Rad AI, who's empowering radiologists and health systems with AI. And in the meantime, take care.